Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Hello everyone, welcome back to episode 39 of Casual Watch Talk. You're here with Sam and Chris again. How have you been, Chris? Pretty good, hanging in there. I wonder if we're going to do something special for our uh, 40th episode. Oh no, I'm, I'm actually do... making more work for myself there. Yeah. I'll have to think of something. And I am turning 40 this yeah. year as well. Yeah, so we're going to do 40 on 40. That's what we're we come up with something. <laughs> 40 on 40. We can't, yep. do, uh, we can't do our top 40 watches. That would, I will be, do... that would be quite yeah, the chore no, to listen to. No, I'll do... Uh... I'll do 40 with four years of experience. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, we've got some interesting news subjects to talk through and also uh, some feedback we kindly received on email that we want to address because in the last episode, I think we got a few things factually wrong, which I think is consistent for most of our episode, Chris. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. Casual, casual watch talk. Yeah, casual watch talk. Incorrect F one talk. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Casual watch talk. Incorrect F one talk. Yeah, for but, sure. Uh, before we we kicked off the, last time, I did a little shout out, Chris, to some people that are listening to the podcast in other countries. Mm-hmm. And at the time, uh, there was quite a few people in Sweden listening. You had so mentioned big, that, yeah, yeah. Big thanks to all of our Swedish fans. Well, Sweden has now been topped by both Canada and Australia for for fans so welcome to our yes welcome to our Canadian fans and our Australian fans as well I can I I can't do an Australian accent my Australian (laughs) accent ends up being like sounds like somebody from Wales or something (laughs) oh I have got a hilarious work story about uh, Welsh the Welsh accent Uh, I'll I'll tell it briefly because this is casual watch talk but uh, I was I was away for a work trip and a colleague of mine, it was quite warm where we were. We were in um, mm-hmm. northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. It was quite warm where we were. And my colleague said, turned to me and says, oh, it's a bit knit, like K-N-I-T. And I said, what? what? Oh, okay. Yeah, I said, yeah. Um, what do you mean it's a bit knit? He says, oh, that's a, U- a UK terminology, isn't it? <laughs> so I was racking my brains and I said Doesn't to him. Doesn't it mean like that you get something stolen? Or is that... That's nicked. Nicked. That's okay, nicked. okay. That's what I thought. Okay, all right. So, but, yeah, Britishisms, so I, Britishisms. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm sort of thinking about this all day. And in the end, I said, where where are you getting this it's a bit nit from? Anyway, it turns out he's a big Tom Jones fan or his mum was a big Tom Jones fan. Uh, so okay. he plays me this clip of a Tom Jones song and it's live at the Flamingo in, in Las Vegas. And Tom Jones, before the song plays, he does a little bit of a you know, welcomes the audience and says, mm-hmm. you know, all this. And he says, oh, it's, um, I'm in Las Vegas and it's really warm, isn't it? Like, so that's like a common Welsh phrase is to say, like, isn't it? Like, after, a, <laughs> okay. isn't it? Okay. So my yeah. colleague interpreted this as it's a bit knit. So I was absolutely oh, beside oh. myself laughing. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, how, how many years have you been telling this story? Uh, so it was yeah. hilarious. Oh, that's great. Yeah. No, there's, there are some that I can't follow. Like I was talking about your, um, yeah, there's, there's some that I can follow. There's some that I can. So Australia, Canada, welcome. Yeah. And then, uh, so people in Hong Kong, Ireland and Netherlands, it's all to play for. They're the, they're the next three. All highest. right. Perfect. So welcome to everyone perfect. and welcome to all of our international listeners. Absolutely. Listeners. Absolutely. 
and uh, we'll try to uh, we'll try not to to make fun of anyone's accent because ours are just as bad. So oh, yeah, <laughs> just realize no, that from the start, <laughs> like the way that we pronounce stuff. And so we always we always try to pronounce stuff correctly, um, but it's not it's not always it's not always going to happen. And what yes. I find what I find uh, with the internet is we and and a lot of watch guys have this. We end up reading it and we don't ever hear anybody say it. So like we could make up the way to say a watch brand and then other people will be running around saying it incorrectly. This is what could happen because we read it and we think, oh, okay, it's with an S or it's you pronounce the P or something. I did this very early on in a video and it's still live on the internet and I should really take it down. But <laughs> the first time I ever reviewed a Rolex, mm-hmm. the they have a parachrome hairspring. But mm. when you look at it, I was like, is that? Pasharom? Is it C H? Oh, oh, because you pronounce it the cha sound. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I was thinking, yeah. is it sw- and so I said like Pasharom or something ridiculous. So I shamed myself. But the amount You're of times, like, like you say, uh, oh yeah, yeah, no, murdering exactly. watch names with yeah. Sam and Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely. That's what we do here. So it's good. Awesome. Well, let's kick it off with uh, watch obsessions. As always, have you had a watch obsession this week, Chris? Uh, my watch obsession this week. Well, I continue to. Uh, hang on to the one watch challenge so so we're at uh at day 27 so we're coming down coming down to it um and i think i'm on strap change three i'm back to the uh uh, back to that miltat rubber um that's just so great these these are great if you haven't you know pick one up so uh i had it on i had it on a uh, campanato uh, elastic uh but then i went outside and i did some yard work and uh, I don't know whether I got, you know, some sticky plant stuff in it as well as some dirt. I mean, just, just, I just destroyed it. So I had to uh, throw that in the washing machine. So I've been switched to that. And Which watch is it again, Chris, for the, for the listeners? Yeah, so you... I've got a Bell & Ross GMT. That's the V293 GMT. Um, it came out uh, 2017 was it been on some Basil, I think. Yeah, 2017 Basil. Uh, picked it up in 2018, so it's on. Um, I think I'm uh, going on past my two two year anniversary for this. So, wow. Um, and then we'll talk about it, but uh, we can talk about it later. Talk about it now. But uh, I had your I had your Walbrook strewn across the bench this week. So that was another. I think we obsession. should talk about it now. I definitely think we should talk about okay. it now. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Whilst I was traveling this week, uh, Chris, uh, if anybody's not familiar, I back to Walbrook watch on Kickstarter. I did a review on the channel and I love the design of the watch, but they put this Miota, the A015, I think, movement mm-hmm, in correct, it. Yeah. So noisy. I mean, I joked about it on the channel. You'll mm-hmm. have to see the uh, the joke in the review, but, and mm-hmm. it also didn't have hacking and it was such a, a letdown. It was such a shame for a, for a great designed watch mm-hmm. like that. So we upgraded the movement to yeah. a clone of the 9015. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So a clone, a clone movement of the, well, it was the, it was actually supposed to be a clone of the ETA that would drop in there as well. But needless to say, it was, so, so I have some disappointment a little bit, a little disappointment. So I thought that when something is cloned, that it would be an exact replica of the thing. And so we throw this we throw this around like movements cloned. I feel like when people say that it's it's a size 
comparison. So so the so the movement dropped in. It was exactly the right size. Okay. The hands were the right size. Everything functioned, but it only winds clockwise. Even though it has that whole gear train mechanism on the back. Now I think it's a lot quieter than the cheapest Miyota. You have to be the judge. But I was like, well, we've come too far <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the whole in the whole transfer. So um, it, was a, it is a clone of a 9015 then, because that rhymes clockwise as well then, rather than ETA. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's a lot it's a lot quieter. Um, so you'll have to, like I said, you have to be the judge of that. It doesn't feel like a, a, a little kid toy. Um, but like I said, it is a cloned, a Chinese-made cloned movement. Now, on the positive side... When you say Chinese made clone movement and you put it on the time grapher, you get a little nervous. And I put it on the time grapher. This is stock out of the out of the box. So Sam, you got it from like a reputable you bought it from um Esslinger. Yes. Thank you, Sam. Um so yeah, not an eBay seller, not like you don't you had no idea where it was coming from. So they you know, they so they they said it was a you know Chinese movement. And out of the box, put it on the time grapher. It was running zero, perfect time, uh, dial down. Wow. And then only, yeah. And then only, uh, there was only about a seven second difference between that and, uh, crown down, I believe it was something like that. So like the biggest difference in timing was about seven seconds, which is, I mean, maybe these are just, maybe the one you got was great. A lot of people say that I find that these are more accurate than let's say a 7s26 seiko movement um and i've seen many a seiko movement not not do seven seconds and and be up in like the 15 second range from i mean i have my my seiko turtle is i think 15 seconds between dial up and and crown crown up kind of thing um for difference so movement's running great and the hardest part and i if you're not a member of our Facebook group, definitely uh, this is almost worth it. Um, check check over there. Uh, I posted a picture of the drill press in action. <laughs> 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 this very scary picture. So it comes with a metal movement ring, right? Uh, but the metal movement ring, um, it, it doesn't allow. So because of the because of the fit. I didn't want to, I wanted to place the dial on it and I wanted to not have to push the movement through the, the metal ring because it was fit, it was fitting perfect. Well, in order to tighten the screws on the dial feet, I needed to make a little, a couple little access holes. So that's why I did that. So then I could just, then I could get everything set. Perfect. And, and the other reason I did this is because I had like, I, I didn't know whether it, I didn't know whether it would work, you know, sort of, sort of like if you're manufacturing this, you just know that this movement ring is going to work with this movement was going to work with this dial. Well, I didn't. So I gave myself some access so that I could make sure that the dial was perfectly centered and nice and tight to the, to the case and the, and the watch and the movement and everything. So that was what was that? That was, uh, that worked out quite well. Um, and then you were panicked about the hands. Um, yeah, because the hands are quite flat. They haven't got a bevel in the middle. Mm-hmm. They looked thin, although they have got a decent application of loom. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, the hands were no no issue. Um, I had to do, I had to tweak them for the height once. 
but that watch has a has a do- double dome sapphire so it had plenty of space for all for the hands you know for the seconds hands like like you would you know you might run into like the second hands dragging on on a on a smaller or flat a flat crystal um but didn't have any issue there did you manage to repurpose the roulette date wheel no that is that is only i looked that is that's that's only going to be for a Miyota movement is how yeah. that, that me- mechanism Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. I think that they have actually upgraded this movement Walbrook now, which is a bit cheeky for all the people that backed it on Kickstarter, but their production uh, version has a 8013 or something. This is where like I get the, next the uh, step numbers up. mixed up. Yeah, yeah, like the next step up, whatever the next step up. They really should go to the 9000 series, I mean, if they wanted to make it, so that you could actually like do some regulation to it. I mean, I feel like those, I feel like if you get the cheapest of the cheap, whether it's Seiko, whether it's um, uh, Citizen, Miyota, um, you know, even even like a basic TA, if you're not going to do anything to it, it's like no one's going to spend time to regulate it because it's not, you know, it hasn't been gone over. Um, it feels like, you know, would you spend time redoing the fuel map in your Toyota Camry or in your, you know, Porsche Carrera, whatever? Yeah, you it's know, really sort of to start with, you know. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah, excited to get. I, it's on the winder. Uh, it's on a winder right now. I'm just letting it sort of settle out. Um, it's uh, I think it's like plus two seconds the other the other time I checked. So two seconds a day. We'll see. We'll see if it calms down and then uh, and then get it back on on wrist. But yeah, uh, hand wind, pop out, stop, stop seconds, hacking seconds. Yeah, because yeah. I really like that watch. Uh, the design of it's stunning. If if nobody's been listening to the podcast, it's basically designed based on Neil Armstrong's watch that he mm-hmm. actually wore. Yeah, uh, which was this Walbrook Skin Diver. I did a quick. Uh, I I popped it on. Uh, I did a quick shot of it on Instagram because I have my my Bell and Ross on. Very aviation inspired. Um, both of those, and the Walbrook as well. Lots of that pilot watch DNA. And so yeah. over on my Instagram, Everyday Mastery, I, I popped a picture of uh, both of them side by side. And you can really tell. I looked and I was like, wow, these, these are very, there's a lot of similarity here. There's a lot of DNA that, that share that, uh, that pilot watch aesthetic. So very cool. Yeah, they've done cool an excellent watch. job. Of the, uh, you should check my uh, review out on YouTube as well. It's, it's mm-hmm. just an excellently designed watch. Well, considering that we've been talking about you had the Walbrook, which was my newest watch but as i was doing the one watch challenge i've been wearing my breitling b1 which after traveling with it for a week this is the best watch i've ever traveled with it's an annie digi watch from the Mm -hmm. 90s breitling but the alarm is extremely loud nice uh, so it really wakes you up it's easy to set the time it's the quartz movement's highly accurate it's got a illuminate it the anidigi is illuminate i just love this watch it, it's already pre-scratched so i didn't have to, nice. have to panic okay, perfect yeah yeah so it's a everyday it's perfect everyday watch for sam <laughs> yeah and but chris you've been monitoring mainly as i've been away this week you've been monitoring other people doing their one watch challenges on the group haven't you so mm-hmm. people have been posting yeah. about their experiences yeah, one that was uh, it was interesting is, uh, and I think it was uh, Chris or, and I don't want to get this wrong, uh, someone posted, which watch would we be going to immediately upon the end of the challenge? That's what I'm kind of curious about. Yeah, I thought uh, Bobby on the group as well, 
it was mm-hmm. quite interesting because he's been wearing his Omega and he's got an amazing watch collection for everything from Nautilus right through to, uh, you know, a Reverso, Jaeger Ultra Reverso. He's got a Vacheron uh, Constantine watch mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's chose the his Seamaster, an Omega Seamaster, mm-hmm. which is that's one of your personal favorites, isn't it? That dial layout, that sort of military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a I'm not a fan of the uh, numerals on the GMT for that one, but I definitely yeah. I mean that's that's a it's a classic dial layout for Omega Seamaster for sure. And it was funny that he was saying that he he mentally worked planned out the thirty days of wearing mm-hmm. this watch, and it actually he didn't read a lot of watch publications and wasn't obsessing <laughs> about other new watches and stuff like that. And I think I found that as well. I've not been as you know because you're kind of concentrating on the one watch it's a really good experiment for anyone to do because you really work out whether you like a watch or not i think yeah yeah i think it it it, it sort of solidifies a couple of things uh and i think that question of like what what will you be going to next um you know if you have an immediate answer for this and you know we'll we'll bring everybody on we'll try to do a video episode and and see if we can get everybody's sort of feedback on this but the big takeaway for me has been uh, life is too short for just one watch, I think. <laughs> so so I'm looking forward to I don't. Uh, so now I have the problem where you notice stuff that, you know, like when you're again with cars, when you're driving around in the SUV of a particular type and then all you see is the, those SUVs or whatever, you know, that all you mm-hmm. see is this particular car, whatever that phenomenon is called. I know it has an actual scientific name. Like well, what I'm getting, bias com, yep, exactly. Yep. But m- what I'm getting at is, uh, I have seen there's been like three watch YouTubers that have done something on Zin, and I am I have hid my Zin 104 from me, and I'm like I almost ripped. It. I was like I got that's so that's gonna be my first going back to the white tile zen 104 which is yeah it's so, funny so i was good. watching i'm glad to see um the slender wrist is back on youtube although he's renamed his channel and forgive me i've completely forgotten what he's named it it's called it like, like times Squ- squared or Time something squared. yeah 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 square time or time squared yeah mm-hmm. um i did a collab with him glad to see him back on youtube he he's had a break for several months now and yeah. he, you should watch it, the reason why he had a break and why he came back but he his one of his first videos out of the block was he was talking about a Zin. I think he was talking about his ideal watch collection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He mentioned a couple. He mentioned he mentioned a couple, and then um, I think uh, uh, Teddy Balbazar just uh, Baldazar has uh, just uh, mentioned just done a review of a of a Zin. Um, so kind of back in the uh, back in the spotlight, and it definitely made uh, it's definitely made me jealous for jealous for the end of the one. Sorry, sorry, Bell and Ross GMT. You are my everyday watch, but. Uh, gotta have some gotta have some fun yeah and uh that's um yeah and the slender wrist it was alessandro uh, i mm-hmm. forgot to say his name before mm-hmm. well let's dive oh i haven't done my watch obsession yeah yeah let's, yeah let's fire I it. It covered it <laughs> i still really like the look of this christopher ward super compressor there's just mm-hmm. something about it mm-hmm. and i think robert got one yeah yeah robert yeah we had one somebody on the facebook group got one it, it really looks awesome but this is going to sound stupid to most people, but I've talked about it on the podcast loads of times. And, and is I am obsessed with the date on a watch. I, yes. I just like having the date on a watch. 
which is weird, Chris, because my Brightling obviously is Annie Digi, so it has the right. date, but the date isn't on the immediate front screen. You scroll through to it. I have oh, the to time. Get to okay. And I don't often scroll through to see the date on the watch. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, this is why I didn't like the Tudor. I wish it had the date on a watch. So now I'm wondering whether... I, I, I'm torn about whether I should buy the super compressor or not, whether it, it would bother me and it didn't have the date. It doesn't have the date, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but and I wore I th- that Speedmaster for mm. years and it never had the date on it. But... Yeah. yeah, it's suddenly like important. And also for me, it's not so much if the watch has a date, it's if they're going to mess, if they're going to, if they're going to put, if they're going to put the date symmetrical, if they're going to, you know, if they're, if it's going to be done well, if it's going to be color matched, if it's, you know, this sort of thing, like, cause you can, I think, if you add a date to the watch, you have a design challenge where you can really mess up a dial. Like I've seen watches where they just do this cutout at four o'clock. Yeah. This sort of like square cutout at four o'clock and the number's kind of not is the number's not horizontal in there. It's off at a, you know, forty five degree angle, and you're like, uh, you guys could have you could have done so much more here. So, you know, so, so there's a lot of uh, damage that I think you can do to the design when adding a date. Um, that's, that's my only, that's my only take, but, but I tend to feel like dive watches. I would rather have a dive watch without a date. I like, I like a dive watch with the date. I think yeah. Phoebus do this really well where they have like matching date wheels. And then right. of course that um, watch that I reviewed that, uh, razor the rise mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. watch that had a color coded date wheel which i don't know why more people don't do it seiko could easily do it but oh, they yeah. just choose not to right and i don't know right. why but yeah. i've actually got another phoebus on the coming in on the way to the channel as well which is going to be good and speaking of watches that i've got coming into the channel i'm being sent a very interesting one um from a watch brand called Constella or Constella, Constella. Okay. okay. They've made a watch and they're going to be knocking this out. I think it's going to be on Kickstarter, say around the $400 mark. Mm-hmm. They've. It's a dive watch, very nice dive watch aesthetic to it. But the dial is a porcelain enamel dial and they've mm. put almost... Um, like it's got like tiny flex in it. I, I haven't seen one in person. I'm getting a prototype sent into the channel. This isn't a uh, one that I get to keep, but it's um, it looks incredible. If it if the pictures are doing it justice, it looks almost as if you're gazing into the night sky, okay. as if it's as if you're looking up. Um, and their logo looks like a constellation map. So I'm interested in getting that one. And then, as well, Chris. Hopefully this week. Fingers crossed. I'm getting a look at the new Veya watch. Mm, mm, yes. I'm our getting the D5. Yeah. Uh, uh, and this is their first dive watch and it looks it looks spectacular. They've done their own video on YouTube of this, mm-hmm. but I think it I think this is going to be their launching pad. I think they've got just about everything that you could ask for in a dive watch. They've got both the swiss and then a mm-hmm. japanese movement if you choose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have you seen these chris have you had a look i on have there? yeah yeah they they i and they went uh we we talked about it when we had them on the uh podcast uh they they went with the dial you know the the several dial options that they were kind of going for i definitely appreciate um offering a vintage loom 
and a non-vintage loom uh, for those of us, because I definitely would 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 go for a non. I'd sort of make my own make my own uh, scratches and 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 dents, so to speak. Yes, um, but they. Uh, but they have them both and uh, and several different dial designs. So very, very cool. Yeah, I like that as well. And also as well, uh, just to go back to cool fun, come full circle on here, they have a date or a dateless version as well. I, oh, I that's think right. this pretty much ticks most yeah. boxes of people, but they listen to the, the fans. They really do listen to them. And they've done a whole half an hour YouTube video themselves that explains everything in great detail what every single design choice is which i think is that's quite novel isn't it for a micro brand to do that because normally you would yeah. guess in at the reason they've made decisions about certain design elements yeah i was i was very surprised when they provided uh, data you know they said well, you know i, I we, were, we were just asking i mean it definitely it's a good one to go back if you have any interest in uh, there go go back uh, to the podcast uh, maybe 10 ago that that we had them on um, where they they were like, well, we're going to do this because forty six percent of the folks that responded said that they wanted it this way, and you know, and just like directly, so their their marketing, their research is driving their production, and that is just something you are not going to get with any large watch company. Now, and the two guys that make the watches, that design the watches, Ryan and Reagan. You... Hey, it's Chris from the Casual Watch Talk podcast. As our longtime listeners know, we often talk about cars here on the pod, and that's no coincidence. Like a lot of mechanical watch lovers, we're both into cars and racing. A couple years ago, I curated a collection of automotive-inspired straps and started the Campionato Club. Campionato Club watch straps celebrate the rich history of automotive liveries with their inspired colors. Available in a single-pass NATO, two-piece, and our new super-comfy elastic NATO, Check out Campionato Club on the web. That's championship in Italian, C-A-M-P-I-O-N-A-T-O dot club. Email them, they'll reply to you. Yeah. They are the face, the makers, and mm -hmm. everything of these watches. Yeah. And they're yeah. completely open about the supply chain, about the yeah. vision for the company. Great, great pair of guys. Yeah. Well, yeah. we've got some pretty interesting news stories, I think, to go through. So I think this will be the, the lion's share of the show. We'll be going over the news. But before we do that, let's just pause for a very quick ad break. Hi everyone, welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. Well, Chris, I want to get your opinion on some of the the news stories that have been happening this week. Excellent. First off, uh, on we usually like to do a few on the business side of the watch industry, and mm -hmm. I don't know if you read this. This is from Watch Pro, but watches of Switzerland have bought Analog Shift, which oh, is okay. an on was an online pre-owned reseller now if anybody's thinking who were analog shift i always think of them as the they sold pre-owned watches but they had some of the best photography i think their mm. their adverts the watch pictures took up the in entire half of the the page so you really got mm -hmm. an extremely intricate look yeah uh, i believe they had a blog as well but they're apparently they used to supply pre-owned watches to watches of switzerland that was their channel for pre-owned watches now, they are oh, a see. niche player. They're nowhere near as big as Watchfinder, but mm -hmm. I'm guessing this is... Do you think this is as a result of COVID, Chris, That the because the pre-owned market's just gone crazy? Yeah, I would... I mean, yeah, that makes sense. And it certainly... Um, if you have... Uh, you know, I think I think Analog Shift is, is sort of tapped into something. Um, I didn't off the... When you mentioned it, I didn't off the top of my head remember it, but now that I'm looking, I definitely remember... They use uh, they use a lot of textured backgrounds, and they really 
they sort of uh, feature, I'd have to say, with these photographs, they feature every used watch that they have. So uh, I, I think that direction is 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 going to be more, not only the way to go but it's going to be more prized like you said in this era of covid where you can't you can't go pick this up so instead of having so like if you're going to sell online if you can sell vintage used watches um you know in 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 a condition if you're going to sell them online why would you do the amazon thousand pixel square on a white background i mean Let's, you know, let's showcase, let's have some texture. Let's, you know, this one with, uh, they have one picture of the Cartier tank where they have, you know, this kind of pink and green. It's cool. It's super cool. And then it really highlights and they're all, like you said, all their pictures are fantastic. So, um, I, you know, I think it's a smart, smart business move to, to go, uh, collect some of these sites that can really capture, uh, the sales for, for used watches. Yeah. And also they on if you're doing a search you can actually search pre the watches that they've already sold they don't remove them which Mm -hmm. is really cool especially being a youtuber because they do such a good job of explaining them and putting some of the measurements and statistics Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. a look at the watch that it allows you to sometimes those aren't available for rare watches Mm -hmm. which is yeah you get a little yeah you get a little story with it and that's I mean, it's, it's, I, any, any, any sort of, I mean, and again, we, we've mentioned this before, but like these, you know, these brands, bigger brands, I mean, they have to start thinking about in not only the, the online market, but in this online market, plus this COVID market that we have going on where you're not, you know, yes, it's great that you have a store in, you know, Times Square, but that's, that's not going to get to the largest amount of folks and then what do you give them if you can't offer the try this on get this experience of this watch you know you you have to really up up your up your marketing game um and it looks like it looks like analog shift has has done that enough to to be acquired it's interesting yeah i think that's i think it's going to be a interesting step forward for them well first of all a big shout out to fears watches of course they've just released their a new version of their watch the brunswick in gold so they did a little tease on instagram i think so nicholas a big shout out to him i was again asking him whether he would consider doing they he had um his watches are extremely high quality his attention to detail that he puts into them and they are on certainly on the luxury side mm, yeah one of the oldest watch companies in existence in the uk i think or or still running even though it had a, a brief pause it's a fascinating story mm-hmm. he's been on many podcasts and he certainly came on ours and we were fascinated to hear about it but I, i'm hoping that he does something I, i'm hoping that he does a range where there's one that's more on the affordable side because he's he's got the luxury ones sewn up he's done a fantastic job of them mm-hmm. he did used to do a quartz entry level quartz but it'd be nice to see something maybe a a sports watch in the you know maybe a thousand to fifteen hundred dollar mm-hmm. mark i'd love mm-hmm. to see that because mm-hmm. they've not only has it got an excellent history fears watches but the way that he runs the brand the, his passion for watches as well is 
is fantastic. So yeah. big shout it's out to Nicholas. It's definitely that. one of those. It's one of those brands, and it's one of those. I mean, this is certainly one of those watches and one of those brands that um, makes you feel like this is. If you get this for someone, or you know, if this was a, if this was a, you know, wedding present or an engagement or a special occasion, something like that, or it makes you feel like this could be this is like your one watch that's that has this history built in it's it's fascinating because the i think the the watch itself are just exquisitely made and and you know it, it really puts a it puts a package together as far as um something that's exquisitely made that you know that you feel you get that evocative feel like you know this is it you have something that you should cherish which is very yeah cool. and it, uh, it's amazing as well like when hear Nicholas talk about or every design choice is made with generations in mind instead of a watch right. that is is tied to a certain time period and if you've mm-hmm. ever seen one then you would probably agree that that is it has got somewhat of a timeless design to it yeah absolutely absolutely focused on that timeless design for sure absolutely absolutely well next next news story is have you seen Yemma? Uh, obviously, Yemma are doing some pretty interesting things. I've never seen one in person yet, but a lot of reviews you see are that they're, they're spot on quality. I did actually try mm-hmm. and get one in for for review, but when COVID uh, started kicking off, I actually purchased a, a Yemma, and mm-hmm. they were having some supply chain issues, which weren't. I'm sure it wasn't down to them, but it meant that they couldn't stick to their shipping timelines and things like that. So I ended mm-hmm. up cancelling mine because something else came up and i needed and you them. and you didn't and you were buying it were you buying it through i don't think you're buying yeah. it direct from them i was yeah in fact oh, i think okay. they only sell direct i could be wrong oh, okay but they okay. mainly sell direct and yeah. you go on their website they offer the discounts on there but mm. they've mm-hmm. they've gone back to a model where which i think is unusual for a well-established watch brand to do kickstarter afterwards normally you think of kickstarter being the launch of a watch brand don't you chris certainly yeah i mean there uh, there are there are there are pros and cons to doing it this way because i think if they feel like they're not getting enough uh exposure to sort of uh, but it, it, it's an interesting choice for yemen to do this because i feel like they could do their own pre-order watch you know like they're gonna pay they're gonna end up paying a lot of money like if this kickstarter is successful they're gonna end up paying a lot of money to kickstarter to do this for them yeah as you know i feel like you take maybe half that money and you invest in your own website to be able to just handle pre-orders yeah i think that that's a good point you made there because i think they're trying everything at the moment so they've tried (laughs) pre-orders on their website which they okay. did with that french did that. R- uh not french rf sorry it's royal air force sorry to everyone uh, royal <laughs> air force wise um it's the french air force they mm-hmm. did that pre-order so they tried mm-hmm. that they then tried a limited edition version i don't know if you picked up on that they've got this limited edition version uh watch that was a pre-order so they've tried okay pre-orders they've tried limited editions now they're going back to Kickstarter they're going again. Back to Kickstarter. Yeah. Right. So, but these two watches—they look pretty awesome. They've one's steel with a bronze bezel, and then the other one is a completely bronze one of their GMT watches. Mm-hmm. So they do the look nice. Bronze, I'll be interested yeah. to see 
like you say, I wonder if because they're an established watch brand, whether I think these are going to be Kickstarter exclusive as, as well. So they've kind of done the two for one. They've done the limited edition and it being Kickstarter. So mm-hmm. I think it'll mm-hmm. be we'll have to keep a close eye on on uh, Yemen. Wait, now they've had yeah, and they've done successful Kickstarters in the past. I'm trying to find the the current one for for oh three days ago. Here we go. Oh, I see that the blue and bronze that looks good that looks sharp it does look good yeah it looks good it looks good i'm not i'm not usually a fan of the gilt dial but that looks that looks good with the blue um and yeah they've had they've had outstanding success i just looked at one of their old kickstarters from 2019 that was like you know 200,000 goal 200,000 pound goal and they had almost a million yeah. so uh clearly they they're they can be successful over there um yeah, maybe that's maybe they're just trying to throw stuff out because my take, I definitely, you know, the you know, if I was successful, if I started a successful brand on Kickstarter, I feel like or restarted in this case, Yama's restarting their brand. Um, I feel like I'd, I'd want to move to uh, not have to pay fees to any third party seller as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, so. that it's an interesting point in that as well, isn't yeah, it? So yeah. we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Next story is again from Watch Pro, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but a lot of the stories I get from Watch Pro, I just love the way they write, and some of their historical pieces are, are, yeah, are awesome. Definitely, going to definitely in my feed, definitely in my feed all the time. Yeah, the new uh, they've Frederick Con- Frederick Constant have made a watch for Red Bar, the watch yes, group, and that. it looks. Uh, what do you think of the look, Chris? I mean, I think I, it looks. I think awesome. it looks great. I. Yeah. I I I have been a fan. I am a fan of Frederic Constant. Um owned by Citizen. Um their whole take is we're going to give you luxury Swiss watchmaking at affordable prices. Um and I and I feel like that's super trite to say. <laughs> Basically the tagline of every other microbrand startup, but it, it, it cl- Clearly, they've been pulling this off. I mean, they they, they have some, uh, you know, they they have some fantastic in-house movements that they're using for, uh, for different stuff, and they've come out with this this sports watch. Now, what is the what is the model of the sports? What is this one? It's the High Life collection. The High Life, right? So it's uh, yeah, that there it's it's called the Red Bar High Life Automatic, mm-hmm. but it's their mm-hmm. existing High Life. It's that, um, so integrated bracelet, if you hadn't seen it, check it out. It's an integrated bracelet, um, and then they offer a couple different complications. Uh, The open heart one, I could take it or leave it, but they offer a, um, uh, is it a a perpetual? It is, the perpetual perpetual calendar. calendar, yes. So, and, you know, let's digress for a second. Let's talk about perpetual calendars for a second, because over on YouTube... Federico was talking about watches that you shouldn't start with. Did you catch uh, this one? I did not know. Yeah, so he had a good one that was just like, if you're first starting out on watches, watches that maybe you shouldn't start with. Um, it was an interesting discussion. And one of the watches that you probably shouldn't start with is a perpetual calendar. And for a bunch of reasons that I'll repeat here, but this is interesting to me because we've been talking about a one-watch challenge, like is this the watch that you could wear every day, this sort of thing. So mm-hmm. part part of the reason why you wouldn't necessarily want to go with uh, something like this that has all these complications, you know, this, you know, it, 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 day, date, month, year, leap year, moon phase, is 
very difficult to set. So if you notice on the high life, uh, I see two recess buttons on the left and the right. I assume there's going to be one on the top as well. So, uh, so a perpetual calendar is difficult to set. You have to set it at a certain time. You can't, you can't crunch through it. You definitely have to read the manual on how to set it. And the other thing that's, I love the look of this and I would love to have one of these, but I feel so bad because you have more of a tendency that you would want to just leave it on a watch winder so that it was ready to go. Right. Because if you thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to have this perpetual calendar and it's going to be my dress watch. Well, if that thing isn't living on a watch winder and it's not ready to go, I just cannot imagine like standing there in a suit with, you know, 22 minutes before I'm about to leave trying to trying to press buttons and and move crowns and and try to correctly set the data would be terrified of doing it and that's what I feel like I'd end up doing it. So, sort of an interesting sort of side conversation about about this. I'd love to have one of these, but I I think uh I think it would have to be my everyday watch. Speaking of um of citizen, I just a quick shout out to a blog to watch who did essentially a retrospective i would say or the history of citizen using titanium in their watches now i've said this on the channel before of all the titanium watches that i've ever seen i think citizen makes some of the best titanium cased watches mm -hmm. and they have this duratech which is their own proprietary uh, coating i think it is or yeah, maybe it's yeah. a, a treatment that's applied to the titanium and they've done an incredible breakdown of just why it is so good and hmm. all of the engineering that goes into it. So I would definitely check that out on a blog to watch. And another hmm. thing, a quick highlight on a blog to watch as well, is you'll have to check out, they've done a piece on, have you seen this Rafael Nadal limited edition Richard Richard Mill watch? I, I caught one picture of it, yes. <laughs> so it's strung like a tennis racket. I don't yeah. know if the movement is suspended by these things, but it's got, it, it, they've made it look like a tennis racket, essentially, which is yeah. an incredible feat of engineering, know, right? but it is, I guess it's a little bit of a gimmick. But then I suppose Rich, Richard Mill, that's their shtick, isn't it, with them? Right. These yeah. incredibly customized, uh, highly precision engineered watches. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it does look cool. It does look cool. <laughs> well, one last thing I wanted to discuss, uh, sort of last last topic here, last story, was uh, about Bremont. Now, in the past, I have made some comments about Bremont. Bremont is a brand that I would love to own their watches and mm -hmm. be a big advocate for them mm -hmm. but i feel like apart from i mean we've made little jokes about a few of the marketing mistakes they've made mm -hmm. in the past mm -hmm. and we had a little bit of a chuckle about the um the you know the rolling stones watches that they made right. that were like right i i just feel like their pricing is it, it's it's high for what they yeah. are and my my only complaint with them is that their their pricing seems to be off i i think i think for me um they offer those sort of like the the squadron watches and the special custom stuff for military and i feel like they roll that into their marketing a little yeah. too gratuitously for example like you you've seen and held and owned um, a, a custom Breitling that yeah. was made for, well, 
Brightling, Brightling doesn't need to go on television, Instagram, you know, marketing, et cetera, and say like, oh, well, we make them for, you know, these things. So a little bit too much of that for me. Yeah, well, I this is what shifted my thinking about them this week as I was having a, a conversation with another uh, chap who runs a podcast. I'm going to try and get him on our podcast as well. He runs... Uh, he essentially is a currently serving member of the British RAF, and mm-hmm. his role or part of his role or, or a, a job that he took on was to buy watches for squadrons from Braemont. So it sounds like they are very generous with the armed with the military. So they actually so he owns several Braemont watches that he managed to get at the Braemont are very generous with the pricing to the military. So it did kind of change my view of them as well. Although you kind of think, well, are they is the cost offsetted because you know normal get to, guy off yeah. the block has to right. has to buy them at full whack? But so it, it kind of changed my view. I, I know that you can certainly pick them up, and this is the and I know that probably people think, well, it's it's uh, they really ha- highly engineer the the ETA movements, which they absolutely do. But if you're thinking about Braemont and whether they're the retail prices are worth it. I would encourage you to look at the resale values because what do you think, Chris? This is one of the easiest ways to work out whether a watch is is worth its retail by what right. you can sell it for. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. If you're if you see that that those are only being resold for, you know, less than for like a forty percent off, um, then what is that, you know, what is the what is the original value? Um, and, and I don't know, are there any, uh, I wonder if there's any, I'm sure there's resellers in the United States. I'd be curious well, to see. 24 has a few. Yeah, Chrono 24 yeah. really has a few Braemonts yeah. and you can yeah. get them at a significant discount. Uh, do, I was, I was wondering if you have any, uh, dealers for Braemont in the United States. The, well, th- there must be because there must be. I think TGV went to a Braemont, mm-hmm. um, went to a Braemont he did a, AD, a collaboration with them. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there are. Yeah, I think there are. There are some that that have them and sell them. So, I think they're in that uh, land where, yes, the retail is high, but maybe we're giving them too much because we're just we just think like, okay, that people are just paying that retail price. When mm-hmm. in actuality, if you went to an authorized dealer in the United States and you were looking for a particular model and they could get it for you. And it was, you know, that you could negotiate that price. I think a lot of times there's a lot of luxury Swiss watches that get that sort of reputation like, Oh, well it's just a Salita movement, but it's, you know, $3,400. But in actuality, no one's paying, no one's paying that for the watch. Yeah, yeah, so. it's it's an interesting point. Uh, the reason that I bring bring them up is they've done a watch recently. They've just bought out a new watch that looks it, it looks fantastic. They've they've really hit this design spot on, and they've done a. I don't know whether it's a whether you'd call it a collaboration. Uh, okay. I, I, maybe maybe the listeners will have to make their own mind up about this. But they've done a watch where they've partnered with Rolls Royce. Now they're not doing a car here the okay. rolls royce have have developed a 
electric airplane, which apparently is nothing new, but they're going to try and surpass a speed record. Apparently, the current speed for uh, electric-powered aircraft is 213 miles an hour, mm-hmm. whereas they're going to try and get over 300 miles an hour, which obviously mm-hmm. has implications yeah. right through aviation. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's fascinating to point that out. Yeah, we, we if... Uh, I maybe not know, but like there's, there's now electric powered aircraft and this, and as the, as the battery technology gets even better, more density per weight, um, will be, the hope is that some general aviation can be, can be handled by, uh, electric motors and, and these, uh, super, super high powered, uh, batteries. And Rolls Royce has been a manufacturer of uh, jet engines for, if most people didn't know that, but oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, for forever, for years. So um, interesting collaboration. The watch is very, very cool looking. They're, they have a Breitling caliber associated with it. I'm going to assume it's an ETA, but it looks like they do. They have added a lot of aftermarket enhancements to it, mm-hmm. which, but it, it looks stunning. So they've not only have they sort of named the watch the Iron Bird, which I'm not sure if that's the name of the plane. And it's, and it's I thought originally it was I R O N. It's I O N. Ion. Yeah. Ion Bird. Ion Bird. Yeah. Which is quite a clever play on words. But they've, not only have they done this, create this watch, but they're also have made parts for the plane. So they've made latches for the canopy and also a stopwatch for inside the cluster. They're sort of their manufacturing. It was teamed up. Oh, that's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. But this is, again, this watch is. It's it's expensive. It you're looking at, you know, not shy of six thousand dollars, yeah. five thousand eight hundred. The, the bracelet, the bracelet adds a lot there. That's what is that three eight nine? That's five hundred bucks extra for the bracelet. Yeah, that seems that seems pricey. <laughs> that seems pricey. I usually I usually see I don't know watches this maybe maybe because of just the percentage of the so on bracelet uh, on their website uh, sixty three ninety five so sixty four hundred dollars. Um, yeah, I usually see sort of the bracelet option being in the 350, 300, 350 range. And here yeah. the bracelet option is a $500 option. I just don't know how well, how many watches Braemont sell to the general public. I don't think, I mean, actually, I could probably research this and look on Companies House because with them mm-hmm. being based in the UK, they would have to release, certainly release their, their financial figure. So maybe I'll do a bit of research. Mm. It's a good-looking watch. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little little priced a little too high. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I, I think yeah. they've put a lot of aftermarket engineering into it, yeah. but it, yeah. it's certainly a brand that I've taken a second look at knowing how yeah. generous they are to the, yeah. the, the British military. But yeah. again, I suppose I'd need to think about what the sweet spot for a Braemont would be because I think that they are... They're sort of priced around IWC prices, would you say? I can't right. think of another right. comparable. Yeah. yeah, and I always feel. I mean, I IWC their their used market uh, is it commands. You know, so you're not getting a discount like you would maybe like in a in Breitling. Yes. Um. So a used IWC is maintaining its value, maybe only losing fifteen twenty percent uh, of new. Um. So so there's that. Uh, but you're, I don't think I would walk in and buy a new IWC cause I feel like there's 10 to 15% of overhead here. Just like, just like with the Bremont, like I, I want to say 
if this was and i don't even i mean so it is a special edition so it's sort of tough to tough to gauge but like if this is just a if regular if regular everyday bremont was in the 2900 on leather and 3200 on bracelet it'd just be like no you know you're right you're not you you don't feel like you're paying for extra brand yeah and and i think that i think with brightling's new kind of new guard they have got some reasonably priced watches now so i suppose Mm. bremont is aviation brightling arguably aviation although Breitling obviously have the economies of scale going for them that Braemont don't. I mean, mm-hmm. Breitling could probably pump mm-hmm. out, you know, many more thousands of yeah. watches. But... And both, you know, chronometer spec. So they're both, I was just checking that. They're both, you know, they're both, any any of your Breitling is going to be a cost spec. What's it, yeah. two seconds a day? Yes. So, yeah, I, 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 you know, we, we definitely have discussed this, you know, and, and this is sort of the quandary for most, uh, you know, most folks getting into getting into watches um you know is that when you get to certain brands is that two three four thousand dollars over the spec sheet is it you know are you really getting four thousand dollars more and we're not even talking this is when i don't even bring rolex in the conversation yeah just just from a sapphire crystal obviously display back uh obviously high grade swiss uh movement that's you know either made by more you know eta or 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 in-house or you know the the beyond the spec sheet yeah then you start really looking at like all right is it you know when you get to three thousand dollars beyond any watch that you could get for that you're like oh is this (laughs) maybe we should do it maybe we should do a youtube series called beyond the spec sheet yeah, that would make quite a good name. <laughs> yes, exactly. but yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm certainly gonna. I, I, I wish them well, Braemon, and it sounds like that. Um, I mean, they've they've been going for a number of years now. So yeah. I, I just think when I think of British brands, I think like Fer Ferrer, for mm-hmm. example, Farrah, yeah, yeah, they seem to be like spot on the money for what they are. Christopher Ward seemed to be spot on the money right. for what they are. Right. Right. And I don't know whether I get that same feeling about Bremont because they're obviously expensive. They've mm-hmm. obviously are doing a lot additional to the movement, but they're not in. You know, they're not like in a precious metal or something else right. that is usually one of the tricks for upping the the price up. So yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. It's just one of them things, I guess. That <laughs> I wish them well, but I don't know yeah. whether if I had the money. I right. feel like I would go in a probably another direction or maybe buy one. I have looked at buying one pre pre-owned before. They have a dive right. watch that has a very nice look to it, a previous model that is yeah. not far off a Tudor Black Bay 58 actually, but it does have the date so they're coming there full go. circle with my obsession with the date, but there you go. Anyway, <laughs> All um, right. well guys, that was a really uh, interesting. I know normally we don't extended discussion on the news but quite a lot had happened which took me by surprise uh, when i was researching this but um so the weeks going by but like you know like minutes and then not (laughs) and then wondering like is it still september yep it's still september (laughs) so it's definitely the uh, one watch challenge is nothing else has allowed me to mark the time of a month in uh during pandemic <laughs> yeah we definitely will do that um another video watch me up i'll i'll organize it with chris maybe we'll do it uh next week or the week after mm-hmm. but we'll make mm-hmm. sure we give everyone plenty of uh notice 
Well, guys, as always, we really appreciate you listening and we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.